What more can one say? This is game seven. everyone and once again welcome back to the little hockey podcast uh, as always um oh god if you can't tell we're friggin' tired today this pandemic is starting to get to us i can't even do the intro properly oh my god uh i'm keegan i'm here with my brother jordan as always say hi hey everybody um yeah this is going to be a nice relaxed episode um we were the last few days have been scrounging for any kind of um new hockey news or content that we could share with you guys, but couldn't quite find anything too concrete or honestly interesting to get. So for now, as always, we'll just say follow the podcast on Twitter at little hockey pod rate and review us on Apple podcast. And rather than waiting until the end of the show, we'll uh, Jordan, you found us a review that someone left for us. Yeah, I did. Um, uh, from Apple Podcasts, thank you to RSK19 um, for the review. It says, uh, great hockey podcast. This is a great podcast, very well-informed and fair opinions. Uh, they offer great insight on interesting moments in Sens and Leafs history, as well as the Battle of Ontario. Um, thank you so much for all of those very kind lies about us. Uh, <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, seriously, thank you so much for the review. And uh, for anybody listening, if you enjoy the show, please, please, please be sure to rate and review us uh, on Apple Podcast. It helps us climb up the charts and it helps other people find the show easier. Um, please rate and review us, help the podcast grow, help our audience grow, and then we can uh, justify putting a little bit of money into uh, some hardware and software for, to make the listening experience better for all of you folks. And then if that happens, we don't have to keep asking you at the beginning of every show. That's right. Um, I know. So yeah, so to kind of get jumping into some things here, uh, like Keegan said, there wasn't a whole lot of news over the last couple of weeks, but just some updates on, uh, I guess our last show would have been talking about um, some restart dates for the playoffs or whatever the regular season. And then also uh, when they're hoping to hold the draft and, Basically, all of that has changed in the last two weeks. I think it it changed like as soon as the last pod went up, actually. Yeah, basically, as soon as we uploaded a, a bunch of executives and NHL insiders from various media sources, basically put out saying the NHL is scrapped. Not necessarily scrapping, but the idea of the June draft is becoming less and less likely as the time goes on. Yeah, it seems it seems like right after we uploaded a couple of weeks ago, every all of the then, like you said, King and the NHL executives, they started backing away from the idea of a June draft after they saw the, uh, I guess, the reaction to the suggestion. And then since then, they've just basically been sprinting in the opposite direction from it. Um, yeah, I've heard like Bob McKenzie on TSN a couple of times talk about how they might do a draft lottery in June instead, just yeah. to give the fans something to look forward to in the near future. Oh, and, and I, uh, I'm saying like the that they abandoned the idea of a June draft. I think they've abandoned the idea of an early June draft. Like it's not yeah, it, it's not going to happen June 5th. 
but it could still happen towards the end of June, like for its actually scheduled date of the 26th or 27th, around that time that it's always held. But um, it's it's not happening in two weeks, basically. Um, yeah, it's not. It was like the original date was June third or something, and it's that's not happening. It's May twentieth right now, and like, there's no way that they can get everyone on board and get everything organized and do the lottery in the next fifteen twenty or fifteen sixteen days. No, exactly. Um, and then for the start of the or to to restart play in the league, like, yeah, I have no idea when they're hoping to do that i there's been no updates really it, it's been everything from like players could start skating like as early as two weeks from now to you know they're not going to play games until the fall so well, it, well, I, I know of- i know in toronto um the mayor came out and said we're probably like the city's probably not going to have pro sports in it until at least the fall so that kind of shot down the idea of hu- toronto being one of the hub cities that they were talking about but yeah, um, yeah, you go ahead, Geeks. Uh, no, I was just going to say, speaking of players skating and whatnot. Um, oh, sorry, I'm getting a call. I'm just putting that aside. Um, in Ottawa, they're actually getting players to start skating again. Like uh, any Ottawa Senators players or team members or even um, other NHL players that just are in the area during the quarantine they're allowed to start skating on private rinks again. There's obviously limits as what they can do, and they're not going to have full, full team practices or anything. But they're allowing uh, five players on the ice at a time, as well as um, they're kind of, in order to try and keep everything a little more clean, they're actually telling players, show up in your full gear and just put your skates on and go. Yeah. That's something. Yeah, I don't know where in Ottawa they're going to be doing that. Um because there aren't there aren't a ton of private rinks here, mm. um, but yeah, the if they have that many restrictions in place right now for just players to go and practice on their own, we're not going to see games for months, and yeah. that's just the reality of it. Not to me- not even mentioning the fact that uh, it wasn't long ago that Canada and the U.S. announced that the the shared border is going to be closed until at least June 21st. So that's another month where, you know, players can't cross the border. Yeah. Uh, Again, like we were saying last time, like just just fucking call it. Yeah, no, just cancel it. It's, it's done. The AHL called their season last week. Um, Obviously they're in a bit of a different situation because they're not the major league. They're still a, a minor affiliate league. But just cancel it. The NHL isn't playing, isn't going to finish the 2020 season. It's, they're just not. Try and to it, minimize the impact on future seasons. Let the players get into the mindset of preparing for next season. I understand that there's a lot, a, a lot of money tied up in the remaining games of this season. But there's, there's just no way to feasibly play those games safely. Not even mentioning the fact that uh, if they do come back to play, they've got to test every single one of those players at least every other day, I would think. And there's just no infrastructure set up for that. Like every country in the world is overwhelmed with how many tests they have. And then you want to go and throw in like 
400 to 1,000 daily tests just for pro sports, for one pro sport league. You know, just, it's done. And you know what? There's a good chance that the that next season isn't even isn't going to start until the winter. So, you know what? Like, it's done. Move into the off season, and then at least we can actually have some hockey stuff to get excited for. If they call the season today, then the draft is on for like mid or the end of June, right? Uh, free agents yeah, and then- can go ahead as planned, and then you know we're right back into a regular schedule. And not only that, but it it'll get rid of a lot of confusion for the draft right because everyone was thinking oh like can I trade I can't trade my roster players now if they have the draft before the start of the uh, resumed season because obviously it'll it'll be in this weird limbo phase where it'll be after the trade deadline but before the playoffs so you can't get rid of any roster players and teams like, like I don't know Ottawa who were talking about trading some of their picks in order to get leadership and roster players can't do it anymore so their entire draft and goes out the window yeah so yeah we we talked about all this and more on our last episode so if you're curious about it go check uh, out episode three just call it already and for today we're just going to kind of stay in our routine of keeping every other episode pretty simple so our top five today is going to be our favorite players from the other team so for me being a sense fan i'll talk about my top five favorite leaf players of all time and Jordan, as a Leafs fan, will be talking about his top five favorite Sens players of all time. Yeah, that's right. Um, so, yeah, Keegs, uh, do you want to go first for this? I'm, I'm really interested to see who your top five players are because uh, I kind of learned a few episodes ago that, uh, you know, your hockey, your hockey yeah, your, your hockey fandom isn't quite as uh, long-tenured as I thought it was. So, and the Leafs have been pretty well shit right up until the last like three or four years so uh i'm interested to see how you're going to fill out five spots on this not gonna lie it was significantly harder than i thought because i was thinking about all the leafs that i've seen and that i can actually say i remember watching and i was like i don't care about those players yeah. <laughs> it's like none of them were great like i remember how gill as a leafs because i remember how much my dad complained about him oh yeah i dad remember how gill that I I Gil. did too. Like how Gill for what, you know, he he was just gigantic, and that was his one redeeming quality. There was there wasn't anything else. Yeah, and then there's like you know, a spoiler alert: Sundin is not on here. You know, yeah, you probably don't remember watching Sundin play for the Leafs. I remember watch. I remember Sundin signing in Vancouver. Oh, okay. So he obviously he's not going to be one of my favorite Leafs. Well, yeah, Keith, sorry, all... I I don't know what you're talking about. Sunday never played in Vancouver. Yeah, it was, uh, all Leaf fans suddenly don't remember that year. Yeah, yeah, for some reason, <laughs> can't tell you why. Um, but I'll get started. We'll do what we did last time, and I'll go with my pick. You go with yours in that yeah. spot, and then we'll just go down to one. So I feel like this is going to make you laugh. Um, my number five is actually Cody Franzen. Oh, actually, that's kind of a sweet pick, yeah. Really? You think so? I yeah, that's a that's a nice underrated pick there. Um, yep. Uh, Cody Franzen was like he was he, he was it a was solid so weird. player. It, it was he was one of those guys where he was a really good Leaf, and then he couldn't he couldn't do, do this, anything he couldn't do it anywhere, anywhere else. And I actually, I I've got a guy like that on my list too. So uh, yeah, you you go ahead. Just yeah, so. Similar to basically what you just said, I always felt that he was underrated. 
Um, he went through his entire career just getting like one or two year deals. And like in Nashville, he was like a consistent 20 point defenseman. And then I'm pretty sure his breakout year was the lockout where he got something like 25 points in the 40 games or whatever. And everyone thought, oh, wow, next season, Cody Franson can be like a 40 to 50 point defenseman. And it just never really kind of worked out for him. Um, a lot of my uh, positive memories of him are just he was a skilled offensive defenseman and he was big. I, like one thing that you'll notice about me, I like bigger defensemen. I like them to be mobile. So that's why I really like Thomas Shabbat, for example, because he's 6'3", but he's a great skater. Um, so Cody Franzen was same height, but he was just, you know, thicker, a few more C's on him. Um, and I, I remember playing NHL 14 and anytime I was any team, I would always trade for Cody Franzen. He was a great, he was a good, solid real life player. And especially for the Leafs. And he was a great video game player for whatever reason. Oh yeah. There's in like every older NHL game there was always that one guy that uh, for no reason for, for no reason would be really good or that you would always want to go for I remember Merrick Svatos was like the the king of that for a few years just because yeah, how fast the, he was yeah. but, but what I loved about Cody Franzen was his uh, his half slap shot yeah because he wouldn't do the full wind up or anything he would just bring it to like just above his knees and it was a bullet and it, it would he'd always find a way through the screen and he'd get a shot on net, which is just what none of the other Leafs defensemen were able to do. Uh, yeah, and, but yeah, and Cody Franz Cody Franzen's a good pick. Yeah. And he's a right-handed shot. So that always helps. All right. My he's, number, my number five, uh, my favorite Senator of all, or f- favorite. Ugh. Fifth favorite Senator. Fifth favorite Senator of all time. Yeah. Uh, Patrick Laleem. It's, <sighs> it's half a troll pick here. Uh, yeah, so, uh, fuck you. <laughs> I, as a Leafs fan, I love Patrick Laleem for uh, never beating the Leafs in the playoffs. Um, but also, like, he, he's got a surprisingly good playoff performance record. Other than against the Leafs. Yeah, because it well, was like he, two, 2002 or 2003 when Ottawa played Philly in the first round. They beat them in five games, and his goals against average was less than one. Yeah, His save percentage was nine seventy two. I think it was uh, the two thousand two playoffs where he got four shutouts in t- uh, the first two rounds. Yeah, um, three of them were against the Flyers in the first round, and then they played the Leafs in the second round and lost. Um, okay. But then the the following year, uh, like it, it was unreal. He the two thousand two playoffs for him, and then the 03 playoffs where the Senators went to the uh, like the semifinals. They were yeah. one round away from the, the cup. Yeah. And he was incredible that year. Like looking back at his numbers and he, he had like a, a 926 save percentage. Um, I, I think he was a 926 uh, playoff goalie. He only ever made the playoffs with Ottawa. After he left yeah. Ottawa, he never played in the playoffs again. But like he, he was a legit elite playoff goalie when the Senators didn't play the Leafs. <laughs> yeah. Just the Leafs were his kryptonite, yeah. and he just happened to face them every, almost every single year. Yeah, but then – and, like, he, he was just so much fun to watch as a goalie. Yeah. Um, he – just his style was a ton of fun. And then on top of all of that, 
he had a very, very cool mask. Mask. I was going to say yeah. sick mask. The Marvin the Martian very, mask. Very cool mask. Very cool equipment. Uh, for a few seasons, he had not only Marvin the Martian on his helmet, but also Marvin the Martian on his stick. Oh, I didn't know that one. Yeah. Yeah. His whole paddle was Marvin the Martian's eyes. And uh, yeah, there was a couple of years where he had some Shearwood um, uh, goal pads and just real cool designs on them. And he, his whole set looked wicked with um, the Senator's red jersey and their, their black one with the, uh, like the front on facing yeah. logo. Yeah. The first front facing uh, yeah. Centurion face. Yeah. Like I, I don't remember Laleen, so I can't really contribute much here. The only thing I remember is his last season was Oh three Oh four. Then the lockout happened and Ottawa got Dominic Hasek. Yeah. So it's like, and yeah, he went Lillian, on. Yeah, Lalim went on to play for I think it was St. Louis, Louis right after, and then Chicago right before they yeah. got the really good, and then he yeah. went to Buffalo after they were really good. So yeah, he, he had uh, a b- bit of an unfortunate string of teams after he left Ottawa. Yeah, he. It, it was just he was one of those goalies from the '90s and early 2000s that his style just didn't translate to the new NHL. No, which is unfortunate, but that's the game. All right, who's your um, number four? I wanted at least one, like, classic Leaf player. And it was actually really easy um, for me to pick him. And you'll notice a bit of a theme with my next three picks, actually. Uh, number four for me is Wendell Clark. Hmm. Wendell Clark was the first, like, Leaf great that I remember you and Corey talking about and me actively going on YouTube and searching highlights. Oh, yeah. Wendell Clark's got a great highlight pack. He does. He's it's, the it's, first, just, it's just everything in it. Everything in it is ridiculous. His yeah. wrist shot was one of the best in the leagues. His hits were, although at, if they were done today, would be suspendable. Uh, his fights with like McSurley and Prober are just wild. And his mustache was just fantastic. And like he, he's the first player that I've ever searched highlights for. And he's the ex- that kind of player that I love, like the the very stereotypical like hockey man, hockey player. You know, he gets his briefcase and he gets his sandpaper on his knuckles and he goes out and he works. And, yeah, yeah, shit, I wouldn't be surprised if Wendell Clark wrapped sandpaper on his knuckles. Fuck. Um, but um, yeah, if you ever want to go down a really deep Wendell Clark rabbit hole, yeah. um, down goes Brown has a, uh, I think it's a 17-part series where he went through, like he wrote an article, I believe, for each of Wendell Clark's uh, top 17 moments of all time. Yeah. So for, for anybody that's looking for that, just, just search Down Goes Brown blog, Wendell Clark. Uh, you'll get 100 hits because he wrote about him all the time back then. But uh, another really good one, if you're looking for some Wendell Clark highlights, is the uh, All Heart video on YouTube. Oh, it, yeah, I've it, seen that. I've watched that one multiple times. It's really long, but it's so good. It's Well, it's wild that he, as a guy who was kind of like in the grand scheme of hockey, he played in what, the early 80s to late 90s, early 2000s? Did he make it to the 2000s? He did, yeah. Um, he played the mid-80s to like 2001, pretty much, is so, when he, he was done. Uh, he, a, he, he retired when he was like 33 or 34 because his body was just broken. 
Well, yeah, because he, he would throw himself into guys who were twice his size for his entire career. Yeah, he, yeah, he, like, he was a madman. He was insane. And as a guy who played in the era with like Lemieux, Gretzky, Yager, Messier, and all these, you know, NHL pillars, he was a guy that one has a great highlight reel, and two, although not really get, getting much of league notice, I don't think anyway. Like in Toronto, he was he was God. Oh, he still is. Still is. Yeah, he's held up to be one of the best or most highest fan favorite players in the entire history of the organization. And just the kind of good person he is off the ice too. It makes you, it makes fans of other teams even respect him and like him. He was great. I, I, yeah, I'm there, sad. There, I never aren't, got to watch play. there aren't many other teams that would uh, retire the, the number of a player like Wendell Clark. You know, he never, he never won a major award. Well, but he, he did he never, have a couple Leafs records. Like, he had the Leafs rookie scoring record until Matthews beat it. Sure, so that's but, something. But, you know, he never uh, he never won a scoring title. He never won um, an Art Ross. Um, he never, you know, he, he wasn't an elite offensive player in that sense. He never he, won a pity selkie like Gilmore. Yeah, like he... He he never won individual awards, but it, it was just yeah the the kind of player he was just grabbed Toronto's attention and they they love him for it. Um, when I was a kid, I always loved him for his wrist shot because when I was younger, I had a pretty decent wrist shot. It's gone now, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I remember you gave me a few bloody noses with it. Yeah, I gave a lot of people bloody noses. Um, I busted some balls too, but uh, uh, yeah. yep. Yeah, hate being the youngest and having to go goalie. Who do you have for number four for Ottawa? Uh, number four, I've got Mike Fisher. Great pick. I yeah. love Mike Fisher. Um, there was a time, uh, in the season that Ottawa got, uh, oh, what year was it? It would have been uh, 2006, the first year after the lockout when they got eliminated by Buffalo in the playoffs. Yep. And that entire next season, I was like, no. Mike Fisher should be captain, not Alfredson. And Seriously? Then, oh, yeah. Yeah, I was hard on that bandwagon. And then the Sens went to the, the finals, and I was like, oh, yeah, whatever. Should, it should still be Mike Fisher. Whatever. Who cares? Even though Alfredson scored the goal to get to the finals? Yeah. But, um, yeah, why I liked Mike. Like, Mike Fisher, he was involved in some of the later Battle of Ontario playoff series, but he, he was never as hateable as, like, Chris Neal. Well, yeah, because he was a grinder, but he wasn't like the Neil was kind of a shithead and a well, bit of a dirty player when he first started. And, and also, Mike Fisher was injured a ton early in his career. He was injured a lot throughout his career. I, I don't but, know how, uh, especially early on, toward like w- once he got more established in the league, he was able to um, like play the majority of games and stay healthy. But early on, he was injured a ton. Um, but. Um, yeah, just what made me like Mike Fisher. Like, he, he played hard. He had a good shot. Um, Great and, shot. Yeah. And uh, have you seen how handsome he is? It's oh, nuts. man. It's, yeah, he, that's how handsome he is. It's crazy. It's stupid, especially for a guy who played his style. Yeah, how did like he keep his face still, like that? My favorite Mike Fisher highlight is when Victor Hedman is a rookie in the league and tries to fight him. And Fisher is like, at the beginning of the fight, like, look, kid, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. This is a bad idea. Hedman's, like, goading him. So Fisher, they grab, 
and like two punches, Fisher knocks him out. <sighs> and it's like you can see him like letting Hedman down, and he's like, "Oh, I feel so shitty." Well, Hedman was like nineteen, but he's Victor Hedman. He's like six six, and Fisher's only like six one. Hey, if I was Mike Fisher, I'd end every fight in two punches too, because I don't want my face damaged. I got him carry Underwood, so he, yeah. he did something. And know? also, like his hair, damn that guy! Like <laughs> every hairstyle looks great on him. It's, it's uh, I, I remember um, everyone being all gung ho about Mike Fisher and oh man, Ottawa, Ottawa had a str- like a, a a pretty a pretty good handsome period because they also had. Uh, Antoine Vermette in there. Yeah. Yeah. That guy, when he was young, he had like that baby face French guy going for him. And yeah. But um, he always kind of had weird hair though. Oh no. Antoine Vermette had good hair too. Mm, I don't know. I didn't, I wasn't a fan. So (laughs) this is one of your favorites because he was handsome. Oh, he was handsome. Great hair. uh, Good player. You know, he, he's the kind of, he's the kind of center that every team in the league wants. Yeah, and he was part of the team during a time where there was a lot of discussion on who the captain could be after Alfredson. I'm yeah. pretty sure he was traded before Alfredson left the team. If memory serves Yes, correct, he was. Fisher, he was gone a few years before Alfredson. Yeah, Fisher was traded, I think, in 2010. To yeah, he, Fisher was one of the first guys. Him and Vermette, I think, were the two first guys gone after, the, um, after they cup basically run. gave up after the cup run. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, yeah. Who, who's your number three? Um, here's where you start to notice the theme. Uh, my number three is Nazem Kadri. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, uh, I basically saw him oh, as a model. Although that it is kind of weird though, because Kadri is not the player that most fan bases would pick to be their favorite from Toronto. No, because he's one of those players that you love him on your team and you hate to play against him. Yeah. Much like my current, my favorite current Senator Brady Kachuk. So. I like Nazem Kadri because I essentially saw him as as close to a modern day Clark as you're gonna get. Cause like you're not gonna have someone like Wendell Clark that goes out and fights seven or eight times a season and puts up thirty goals. But Nazem Kadri was able to play a good defensive two way game. He was very physical and he was back to back thirty goal scorers with the Leafs. Like he's he's an ideal second line center on any team. Um, he's someone that even when he was playing against Ottawa and I hated what he did, I couldn't help but respect him because he kind of started off as being the, the kid with a bit of an attitude that was it Carlisle didn't like him or who was it that didn't like Wilson 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 didn't like him when they first drafted him. That's how long Kadri was with the Leafs was, it was long enough that Ron Wilson didn't like him. Yeah. And just, after that kind of turmoil when he first started to now, I mean, unfortunately he's part of Colorado now, but like, I can't think of a Leafs fan that doesn't love Kadri and his, the way he played against Ovechkin in the 2017 uh, playoffs was awesome. I loved that. His hip check on Ovechkin, I think was clean. <laughs> it, it was a little low and a little late, but yes. uh... Yeah, you a, know what? That, that's the kind of stuff that Kadri does. Is he he really pushes to the far edge of that line? The only thing that I don't like about him that every Leafs fan will be able to relate to the red mist. Oh yeah, no, it it, it sucks so much. I wish that we still had him, um, but 
yeah, he just, he couldn't keep himself under control in uh, situations like that. And it, it burned him too many times. So, you know, you can't have a guy that you rely on uh, and that is so important to your team, especially yeah. when it comes to the playoffs and then have him go out and do something like that every single year, two straight years. Yeah. And then you could count the, you could count that hip check against Ovechkin because in, uh, in the regular season, that would probably have been suspended. You think suspended? I think it would have I, been I, a penalty. I think suspended, um, if not if not suspended, it would have been a fine. I love how I said that I thought it was a clean hit. Now I'm talking about how it could be a penalty. Yeah. But, well, yeah, you no. know, that that's apparently clean hockey in the playoffs. But that's Yeah, a, it was a clean playoff hit. It wasn't yeah. a clean hockey hit. Well, fucking murder is a clean <laughs> playoff hit, so... But we'll we'll get into that another time. All right. No. So your your number three is um, Nazem Kadri. Nazem Kadri. Naz. Nazem Kadri well, so, well, the, before, the almost before, senator. The almost fucking yeah. Brian Murray, Brian Book, Burke. I heard that audio clip for the first time like two years, or not even two years ago. Sorry, two months ago. And just the are you are you picking Nas? Yeah, yeah, we want him. Well, we're gonna take him. Okay. And then we got fucking Jared Cowan. Yeah. Also, Leaf great Leaf Jared legend. Cowan. Yeah, Leaf's legend Jared Cowan. Uh, no, also it was kind of cool because he's the only that I can think of off the top of my head. He's the only Muslim hockey player I can think of. Oh, so yeah. it's cool. It's cool for a bit of diversity. And they did a bit of um, a small little in-depth analysis on Nas's effect on the on uh, like some Muslim playing hockey our Muslim hockey players in the GTA and how they saw him as like their rallying cry. And I thought that was cool. Oh yeah, for sure. Like um, Toronto has like that, that's a huge part of Toronto's diversity and you know, it's really cool that they had an opportunity to have somebody that represented that playing for the team and not as like a token part of it as a pretty significant player factor. Yeah. A top 10 draft pick highly touted for a long time and he was he was a big contributor too so it's really cool to see that um you know hopefully more teams get an opportunity to have players from uh different backgrounds come in i know that's been in the news a little bit over the last couple days with the uh akima lu stuff hockey is for rich privileged white boys yeah yeah well he he wrote an article i think for the players tribune that i haven't read yet so i'm not going to comment on it but uh, i know it's it's created a bit of a stir because you know, there's no pl- no current players that are responding to a uh, to it or saying anything about racism in hockey. But uh, yeah, yeah, the fact that the Leafs were able, you know, to have a such a, a dynamic player that represented a, a pretty a fast growing part of their their community was pretty great. Yep, um, should have played right. with Phil Kessel. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, um, who do you have for uh, number three for Ottawa? This one might surprise you a little bit, actually, because uh, it, it's only it's only become this in the last few weeks. Uh, it's Mark Borowiecki. I love Borowiecki. I I honestly could not stand him when he first came onto the team, and now yeah, just over the years, I love him. For the last few years, I've been like, yeah, Mark Borowiecki. You know, he he's a fucking plug. He shouldn't be in the league uh, on any other team. He he wouldn't be close to the rot like to. Uh, the starting roster or anything well but, the first two years of his career he was just a he was an enforcer right like he would hit yeah he, he, he was out there replacing matt karkner basically yeah um but but now he he's still 
he's he's physically he's not going to be winning any Norris trophies anytime soon. No, but I will admit that the stuff that he brings off the ice, um, in terms of being a representative for the team in the community, is very valuable, especially for them as a rebuilding organization. Um, yes, but you know what? That's not necessarily why I've got him in my top five favorite players. I love him for his Instagram account. It's great. He talks so much shit in his Instagram stories. Um, he like he's really wait what? Oh yeah, like he talks shit about like uh, Trump supporters and people doing just dumbass shit in the states. Um, he posted up this uh, this picture um, a few weeks ago. Do you, do you remember when there was a bunch of um, pissed off white guys? just uh, storming government buildings in the States with assault rifles and combat gear. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, he put up a picture on his Instagram story being like, it was a kid and a, and, um, and a dad and the kid's like, Hey dad, uh, why do you carry around that gun so often? The dad's like, because I've got a small dick, son. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, well, like there's, there aren't very many NHL players that are going to be, you know, pushing their political opinions like that on, on their social media accounts. So it's very cool to see uh, Mark Wolverietsky do that and do it with personality and like his, his daily workout stuff. Like I'm not, I'm not a workout nut, but it, it's still he's pretty crazy. Cool to, it's, it's cool to see the kind of stuff he's doing because you know, he's not just, he's not putting up the, the standard Instagram videos of like how much he's bench pressing or whatever, or how much he's squatting. It's like, he he actually goes through his routine and how many reps he does, why he's doing those things. And um, when somebody comes in and talks shit in the comments, he just slaps right back at them. So it it's great. He he's a must follow, I think, for any any hockey fan or especially any Senators fan or anyone living in Ottawa because he he's a really good ambassador for the community. Um, he's he's very important to the team. Um, improving their standing in the community we'll say uh just also, because of also, his, because of his personality because of his veteran status on the team I, I i think it's very important that uh the senators keep him around for the next couple of years and then even when he's done playing i think he's the kind of guy that they'll keep around uh for behind the scenes whether or not he's actually doing anything hockey related or if he's oh, yeah. just a, an ambassador for the team uh, to the city like and not only that he does a lot um like obviously there's the great story of him stopping the robbery out west oh yeah like that's that's really cool that's like that's something that you never think about and he's a good ambassador and he's really uh active with uh the lgbtq plus community uh which is nice because I don't really know too many players that are openly an ally of that. Well, 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 there, there are a lot of players that like openly support it, but there aren't as many that are like advocates like he is. Yeah. 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 There there are guys that'll go out and put the the pride tape on their, on their stick for the team's pride night or whatever. But like he, he, uh, he I think he's walked rallies. in a few pride parades parade. and stuff. And he, yeah, he's, he's, and he, you know, we, he, it's also that he's an advocate away from those times of the year as well. Yeah. And he doesn't, he's whatever he believes in, he tells you, he sticks up for it and he's very open about it. And he's, 
from what every player has said about him, he's one of the best guys to ever have on your team. He, he's, he's also really good at sticking up for teams or teammates. And the way he's kind of changed his game recently, switching from the enforcer and the fighter role to more of just a solid defensive player that can chip in every once in a while. Because he just had his career year in goals and points, eh? Yeah, that was crazy. He was second on the. He was first on the team in defenseman goal scoring. Yeah. Although what I, what I will say is, for the Senators this year, somebody had to score goals. Yeah, but you think it would be Thomas Shabbat or Brady Kachuk or Colin White or any of the young up and comers? Yeah, but sure. No, but was, you, you know, Borvietsky had a, a larger role than normal, and you know he's going to be standing at the offensive blue line and throwing some wrist shots through a crowd. So some of those are probably going to sneak through and find a way in. No, 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 slap shots. He yeah, took a, a, almost all seven of his goals were slap shots. And he has got a decent shot. Like, that's one thing I noticed. Like, it's not the hardest. It's not the most accurate. But, like, he takes the shot and it gets through pretty often. And it's like, yeah, that was unexpected. Good job, Boro. Uh, I, I think that's a good pick, especially for recent. recent all right. Uh, Who, who's your next one? Stay on the train of defensemen. Uh, Morgan Riley. I really like Morgan Riley. Um, I love his offensive ability. Last year in the 2018-2019 season when he got 72 points, that pretty much sealed him as one of my favorite uh, Leafs and my favorite Leafs defensemen. Like, I never saw McCabe and Caberlet or any of the guys from the 90s or um, any, like, I I never saw Tim Horton play, so I'm not going to say he's one of my favorite Leafs. Yeah. but Morgan Riley is similar to Kadri. Morgan Riley is an ideal defenseman for me because he's got the offensive ability. He's got the shot. He's got the sense, the passing. He's not necessarily a magician in his own end, but he can defend well enough. And he's got that physical aspect to him. I love skilled players that are physical. If you are a 60-point player that throws hits and stands up for your teammate, to me, you're one of the best players on the team. That, I value that a lot. I think that's what you need when it comes to playoff time. You need guys to be able to play physically because the playoffs, like we said, everything is legal. Murder is legal. you got to be able to give and take it. And Morgan Riley can give as good as he gets. Like his – I think it was the 2016-17 year against Vancouver when he just throws Alex Burroughs to the ice. It was hilarious, and it was awesome. He gets into fights. He throws some decent hits. I love Morgan Riley. Uh, he's a guy who, if I didn't have Thomas Shabbat, I'd want Morgan Riley on my team. Yeah, He's I, a guy that I, I hope Shabbat will turn into, but I know Shabbat will never have that physical element to him. Yeah, I love Morgan Riley. Um... I am worried that after this contract is up, that he may not be able to stay with the Leafs because of how much money he's going to be able to command. Uh, if anyone's going to take a discount, it's going to be Morgan Riley. I yeah, I don't know. Granted, we'll we said to, we'll that about Mitch Marner too. Yeah, but uh, the the other yeah. thing too is that like he he's another one of those guys that's a really good representative for the team. Um, I think he could have easily been named captain. Yep. Um, I, I don't think it was any stretch of the imagination to think that it was a, three wo- a three-way race between uh, Tavares, Matthews, and uh, uh, Riley. Riley. And then Matthews very quickly got out of that race. Yeah, exactly, with that dumb shit he pulled over the summer. Yeah, that yep. 
that really disqualified him from consideration. But uh, yeah, Morgan Riley, he he could be the captain of a team um, if he moves on from Toronto at the end of this contract. He's from BC, right? Yeah, he's from Vancouver, I believe. Yeah, okay. I was going to say he was a hometown guy, and then I was like, wait, no, no, it's not. That's my. And, and a, another good reason to have him as your favorite is, uh, did you know that he's dating um, Canadian Olympic hero Tessa Virtue? Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. So, uh, good on so him. That, that's pretty cool. Uh, depending on... Um, on your thoughts of virtue and Scott Moyer. Um, yeah. Then uh, Morgan Riley could be the villain for you, but uh, it's, <laughs> it's pretty cool. You know, he's, he's, that uh, he's in a relationship with Olympic Canadian Olympic hero, Tessa virtue. Yeah. Uh, and again, his leadership, as we said, was undeniable. Uh, he's the kind of guy I want to see um, succeed. Like there aren't too many players on other teams that I'm like, I want to see you do well. Mostly often, I just don't care what other players on other teams are like. But I want to see Morgan Riley do well. He just He's a great player, kind of player that I love, and he's a great guy off the ice too. I want to see him do well. That's right, about so, all I have uh, on him, though. So we've got my second favorite senator of all time here. Uh, and, you know, I, it was actually pretty fortunate that I found out that this guy played for the Senators at some point because uh, it's my, my number two choice is Toronto Maple Leafs legend. I hate Jason you. Spezza. <laughs> okay, yeah. that's fine. I thought oh. you were going to say someone absolutely ridiculous like Martin Gerber or something. Oh, yeah, no, Martin Gerber would have been a great one too, yeah, for that first game against Ottawa shutout, yeah. No, but yes. mine is uh, my second favorite Senator of all time is Leafs legend Jason Spezza. He was uh, so good after the lockout. Yeah, he was incredible. Uh, I hated him at the time because him, Alfredson, and Heatley just destroyed the Leafs whenever they played them. We destroyed everyone. That was the best line in hockey at the time. Yeah, but, um, you know, I've got a lot more respect for him in hindsight because of how dynamic offensively he was. Uh, Like, he was probably a top five playmaker in the league at his peak, maybe even top two. It could have just been him and Joe Thornton. And he never went to the Olympics. No, yeah, it's crazy. He should have played for Canada at some point. Um, but um, my my favorite attribute of Jason Spets is when he's on the ice is his slap shot. Yeah, how many fours do you see take slap shots now? Yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy. Because um, I also like he scored a few of them with Toronto this year, where he's on the on his strong side on the boards and he just kind of curls in towards the net and he's like, uh, you know what? I'm just going to blow one past the goalie. <laughs> just hammers it home. And it's amazing. It's great. Love it. Um, and his, uh, press conference laugh too is iconic. <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> yeah. It's great. <laughs> like the thing about Spezza is when he was on Ottawa, he was an elite playmaker. Like he got, I think it was uh, in 07 when Heatley got his first 50-goal season. Spezza got like 72 assists or something. Yeah, it was crazy. The the three guys on that line that all got 100 points. It, they had so much chemistry. It was awesome. Um, it is it is too bad that he was turned into such a scapegoat in Ottawa. Um, when Alfredson... When I, I did a lot of that too. Like so much of it, um, all of his blind backhand passes into the slot. Oh. Like fucking god! I know. Yeah, there's there there's a lot uh, from his early and kind of 
the entirety of his career, I guess, where you can look at it and just say that, uh, you know, he he had a lot of tendencies that were very frustrating and that may have uh, been his downfall, but his offensive ability was just unreal. His best goal, like he's got a couple highlight reel goals against Montreal. Oh yeah. No, I can think of the exact one. The one that used to be on the people's jewelers commercials. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, when he'd like stand he, there wearing his like hockey puck sized watch. Yeah. Yeah. Great well, local television for you there. <laughs> Not only that, but because the biggest gripe everyone had was Spezza, especially when we had when Heatley wanted out, was they wanted Spezza to shoot more. Because he has a good slap shot and a very good wrist shot. But he was oh, a yeah. pass first player for his entire career. And that was really frustrating. And then when Alfredson left and he was named captain, as soon as he was named captain, like it seemed like the fan base turned on him. Yeah. Because everyone it, wanted Phillips to be captain. Yeah, I, I thought that they should have just gone straight to Carlson. You, you don't need a stopgap captain, but um, Carlson you know, at the time was only like 21, though. And yeah, you still, can, I, um, I still think it would have been the right thing is instead of being like, yeah. You know, Spezza or or Phillips, they're going to be the captain until Carlson's ready. It's like, you know, you, you know what? Yeah, Spezza and Phillips are on the team anyways. Just give Carlson the C and then kind of be like, yeah, he, he's got the letter, but you guys are our leadership core and we need yeah. you guys to kind of help him out. Yeah, that I think would have been the best choice. But it's I don't like how Spezza left because of how instrumental he was to our cup run and to our success in the first few years after lockout, but I'm, I, I am a little surprised that you've chosen him. less surprised because he plays for the Leafs now. So I'm sure that right. makes it a little easier. Leafs legend. All right. Who is Leafs your number legend. two? We got to go fast. We're run, running short on time as always. So my number one is, oh, you're, oh, we're on your number one. Shit. Yeah. I forgot to write one of yours down. Who's uh, who is your number three then? Uh, Kadri. Oh yeah. Okay. That's right. <laughs> Uh, my number one, I'm sure it'd be the same as, I think it's the same as yours, Austin Matthews. Oh yeah. Austin Matthews is the best player I've ever seen wear a Leafs uniform. And he is, I would say one of the faces of the league now, not only of Toronto. And he's one of those players that he's too good to hate. Yeah. I have such respect for his one, his shot. I have respect and fear for it. And the way that whenever the Leafs are down or need a goal, he is always the guy to want to try the hardest to get it, and he usually gets it. There's yeah. something about that that you can't help but admire and love about a player, even if he's not on your team. Like his four-goal game, his debut will be etched in our memories forever because we were there. And it's it's too he's too good to not say he's my favorite Leaf. Again, best best leaf I've ever seen, and I want to see him more than anything in a deep playoff run. Yeah, no, that that's a good pick, uh, and you know what? That's uh, basically on the exact same lines as my number one pick, Alfredson. Uh, oh no, are you kidding? Leaf <laughs> uh, Eric Carlson. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so for me, he's the best player in Senators history. Uh, incredible to see live. And just, um, you know, one of the most dynamic players in the league when he was at his peak. Um, it's too bad that injuries kind of look like they've uh, 
taken a few steps off of his game. He should have four Norris trophies. Oh, he should. Yeah, he should basically have won one. Yeah, yeah. Four is probably the right number. Well, no, because he won it in 2012. He won it in 2014, and then he finished second in voting in 2015 and 16. Yeah, and he should have won it just for the playoffs in 2017 alone. He got a vote for playoff MVP. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Carlson, best player in Sens history. Uh, incredible to see live and uh, il- elite, elite hair as well. So uh, <laughs> the flow was yeah. spectacular. Uh, he's kind of taking a step back now in San Jose, which I'm totally okay with. It makes that trade look even better. But yeah, yeah. that trade does look really good now, especially with the contract that he signed in San Jose. But uh, mm. we'll but see. As a- Maybe this extended uh, time off will help him out a little bit too. So who knows? He could come back with a vengeance next year. Which would be great to see him for, because when he was with Ottawa, like you said, he was the best defenseman in the league for yeah. seven years. He was yeah. the best. Everyone always argued between him and Dowdy. No, Eric Carlson was the best defenseman. Uh, yeah, it wasn't close either. No. <laughs> all right, oh. so here we go. To recap, Keegan, your top five favorite Leafs of all time, Cody Franzen. Wendell Clark, Nazem Kadri, Morgan Riley, and number one, Austin Matthews. My top five favorite sends of all time. Number five, Patrick Laleem, Mike Fisher, Mark Borvietsky, Jason Spezza, and number one, Eric Carlson. You have only one current Leaf there, or current sends. I just realized that. Yeah. Well, I mean, why, it- like... I, Honestly, this past season, I didn't watch any Senators games other than when the Leafs played them because I was like, I, I want to see the Leafs put up 11 goals in a game, um, which never happened. But, oh. um, yeah, I've got no attachment to any, any of the Senators that are currently there. Um, maybe once they start playing the Leafs in the playoffs, I'll start hating everybody, and then it'll make this list a little harder to make in a couple of years. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, it, 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 but I will say it's a pretty good mix of eras as well that I've got. Yeah. Uh, one thing I will say, the sense player that you will probably hate the most in the upcoming oh, years. Oh, it's going to be Brady Kachuk for sure. No, nope. like, nope. I'm, I'm already prepared to hate that guy. Alex Formanton. Wow. No, it, it's, it's going to be whoever causes shit. Like whoever your Brad Marchand is, that's going to be who I hate. And that it's going to be uh, Brady. Kachuk. It's going to be Brady. Brady Kachuk's going to be our Marchand, but you're going to hate Formanton more because he's like he's a little dirtier than Kachuk because Kachuk never really crosses the line. Formanton does, and Formanton also has elite, almost McDavid speed. So you're going to hate him. All right, so we've only got like three or four minutes left here, Keegs. Um, so we're just going to uh, jump right into our uh, like what we're streaming, what we're playing, what we're listening to. Um, so do you have any, uh, TV or movies that you've been keeping up with that you, you think everyone should check out? Um, I just watched the last, the, so originally we were going to do this episode on the last stand and talk or about no, the like, last dance, last dance. Sorry. Yeah. I hope you didn't watch something called the last stand. Cause that's not what we're going to be doing anything. <laughs> on. No. Yeah. The last dance, the Michael Jordan and the nineties Chicago bulls, uh, dynasty, and I watched the very last episode first because I thought we were going to do this 
episode on it, and I want to go and watch all of it now. It looks very good. Yeah, it, it's pretty cool. There's a lot of jumping around. You have to pay pretty close attention if you're not familiar with basketball, like me. Um, yeah. Like I, I, I watched it a lot while I was uh, playing video games, and I just found myself that I, I was not playing video games, and then I was just sitting there watching it because I had to follow along closely. But uh, it is very cool. Um, I see a lot of similarities, like not, not to fucking brag here, but I see a lot of similarities between the Bulls and the Leafs. Um, just in terms of uh, how the the Leafs right now are struggling to kind of break through to that next elite level. Uh, they're doing well in the regular season, but they, they just need to find that next gear to become an elite playoff team. And when and they do, they're going when, to be terrifying. When they do, they have the potential to do something like Chicago did, I think like just the players that the Leafs have I think there's enough talent on them to uh to do something pretty big and special um, I agree yeah so but it's also interesting to see how the Bulls did it because it was kind of like they they did some some smaller moves and uh, they made sure that they were bringing in the right players as well and they weren't super concerned about off off the court behavior because they had Dennis Rodman who was fucking nuts. Oh my God. He was, he was a wild card. But uh, I, yeah, I recommend if any, if you haven't seen the whole series, I recommend checking that out. Mm. Um, As for games, like I'm, I'm just playing call of duty Warzone. I bought the game. So I'm going to be playing multiplayer and the campaign and then NHL. Like I'm not doing anything special. I'm going back to work as well. So that's going to take up a lot of my time. What about you? Um, well, for TV, uh, if you're a fan of stand-up comedy, Patton Oswalt's newest uh, Netflix special came out uh, May 19th. So for us, that was yesterday. Uh, yeah. If you haven't seen it, if, if you like stand-up, it's good. Um, it, it's less than an hour long, so it's not a super long watch, but uh, he's really funny. And if you haven't seen any of his other stand-up before, I recommend you go back and watch Annihilation. Um, that one is, uh, it can be a little dark and heavy because uh, it was, he, he did that one about a year after his wife passed away uh, mm. very suddenly and unexpectedly. Um, so they, but it, it's very good because it deals with a lot of um, the emotions that he, that uh, he was experiencing at that time, but it kind of, he brings some humor into it as well. So it's, it's kind of a, a nice way in case anybody's ever experienced something like that, then I, I could see it being um, kind of, it, it could be kind of comforting to uh, be able to listen to that. Um, but his newer one is, is a lot brighter and it's a lot more fun. I think it, it, it's called something like uh, life is fun or something like that, but uh, it's good uh, for gaming. Um, if you've got a PlayStation like I do, uh, and you have a PlayStation Network, check out the free games that are out this month. Uh, one of them is Cities Skylines. It's a city simulation game. It's kind of like SimCity. Uh, it's an, obviously not for everybody, but uh, I, I've played SimCity a bunch over the last few years, and I wanted to check this one out for a while, and I was really excited that it was free this month. So. Uh, that's all I've been doing. Like before we even recorded today, I played for an hour and uh, it, it's great. I've been working on a city for the last like week. Um, <laughs> pretty excited. Um, and then also in terms of podcasts, um, like w- what I've been listening to, what I'm really excited about for if anybody's a Harry Potter fan, there's a podcast called Harry Potter at Home. 
It is just people who were involved with the movies, uh, just the mainline Harry Potter movies, the Fantastic Beasts movies, or uh, the Cursed Child play. And it's all of these actors that are taking turns reading um, chapters from the first Harry Potter book. That's it's cool. awesome. Yeah, they just released the sixth chapter today, and it's really, really good. It starts off a little bit weak with uh, Daniel Radcliffe. He just kind of blasts through the first chapter in like 20 minutes. But, uh, <laughs> if, if, uh, if you're a fan, or if, even if you, haven't li- if you haven't read the books before, I highly recommend listening to them, especially the Stephen Fry chapter, because he, uh, he does a lot of audiobooks, and he's really, really good at reading out loud. He's got a lot of great accents. He does a really, really good Hagrid. So, uh, yeah, I highly recommend Harry Potter at home. It, it's on all of the, uh, all of your podcast apps and the episodes are like 25 to 45 minutes long. So it's really good for like cooking or uh, washing the dishes or when you're out uh, walking your dog. Nice. I should try that. I still haven't read any of the Harry Potter books. Oh yeah, no, I highly recommend these ones, but, um, okay. that's all the time that we've got for this week. So uh, until next time, please remember to uh, follow the pod on Instagram and Twitter at LittleHockeyPod. You can follow me on Twitter at JSmall1771. Yes. Yeah, I don't, obviously I don't go on Twitter too often, but every once in a while I'll, I'll post something. Yeah. And remember to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Yep. If you review us and we see it, then we'll uh, talk about it on our next, we'll, read your review on the next show yep absolutely so until next time uh stay safe everybody uh take care and hopefully we'll have some hockey stuff to talk about next time we can only hope see you guys